Weather warning now in force. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, air passengers face travel delays as the government limits links to the airport amid disruption fears. US health officials urge people to stop using e-cigarettes until they work out what is causing a mysterious lung disorder. And in sport, Nadal and Medvedev to meet in the US Open final. Air passengers face more disruption as the government cuts back on the number of routes to the airport. It's an attempt to prevent anti-extradition protesters from again disrupting traffic after they crippled links to the airport last Sunday. The Airport Express will now only serve the Hong Kong and airport stations and express buses have also been affected. Robert Kemp has more. Airports bound Airport Express trains will not stop at Kowloon, Chingyi and Asia World Expo stations until close of service. And all Airport Express trains will only take passengers from Hong Kong Station to the airport. City-bound Airport Express trains will only stop at Hong Kong Station. Meanwhile, in-town check-in at Kowloon Station has been suspended for the whole day. Express or e-route buses heading for the airport or Asia World Expo from the city will terminate at Tung Chung. City-bound e-route buses will operate as normal. The airport also said car park number one at the airport has been closed. A Hong Kong resident, surnamed Fung, said he had allowed himself an extra hour to get to the airport for his flight to Phuket. He was with his girlfriend Yi, who was seeing him off at Hong Kong Station. No, I'm not really worried. I'm OK with it. Uh, because they are quite peaceful for protesting or something. But there's some minor events, but that's okay. Um, it's acceptable. I mean, the police don't allow us to protest on the street. And I mean, what can they do? If, if they don't, can't protest on the street, they will, they will have to do it in other areas. And airport is a place that can protect the protesters because the police, they shouldn't be inside the, uh, the airport to capture people, right? So I think it's good for them and, and I think they are really clever that they can think of another way to protest. Pro-Beijing legal academic Albert Chen says the government could face legal challenges should it use emergency laws to clamp down on the extradition bill protests. Emergency laws would give the chief executive sweeping powers, from authorising arrests to changing laws and censoring the press. Mr Chen says Hong Kong has not yet reached this point, but he says there could be calls for a harder line should the protests continue. The University of Hong Kong professor also said using the emergency regulations ordinance without consensus would be hard, though it wouldn't be against the basic law. It is true that the basic law contains provisions on the protection of human rights and civil liberties. However, all these provisions on the protection of human rights and civil liberties are subject to restrictions and according to the relevant international human rights law, um, restrictions on certain rights uh, can be more uh, severe at times of emergency. So, so I think generally speaking, the emergency regulations ordinance uh, is still valid and um, constitutional. But it does not mean that uh, it should be easily used, uh, you know, particularly where there is no consensus in the community about the existence of an emergency. 
Business groups say they're worried that yesterday's downgrading of Hong Kong by credit rating agency Fitch may prompt others to follow. They say this could end up harming small and medium businesses by making it more expensive for them to borrow. Fitch said it was concerned that the political turmoil here may worsen. While the government has already rolled out measures to help businesses, Raymond Young from the Chinese Manufacturers Association says he hopes more can be done. The effect is not yet down to the SME levels yet, but if it spirals down further, uh, I think it will be very difficult for um, local companies to raise funds overseas. And, and therefore, we, we do look to the government for more support measures, some of which have actually been announced recently, and we welcome them, like improving the credit schemes for SMEs and providing more funding to overseas marketing and so on. But these may not help in the longer run. One person has died and seven others injured, including a firefighter, after a fire broke out at a subdivided flat on Wan Chai Road. The person who died was found in the kitchen. The cause of the blaze, which has now been put out, is not yet known. Firefighters were called to the scene just before 8.30 this morning. Three fire tenders, a jet and four breathing apparatus teams were deployed. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Health officials in the United States are urging people to stop using e-cigarettes until they work out what is causing a mysterious lung disorder. At least three deaths have been recorded. The authorities are also investigating connections with cannabis products but have not found a link to a specific e-cigarette brand. BBC's David Willis reports. In addition to the deaths, officials have identified more than 450 cases of lung disorder across 33 states, which they believe are linked to vaping. What begins as a chest pain and shortage of breath often leads to coughing and vomiting and a lung infection similar to pneumonia. As well as the deaths, there have been cases of people being left on life support and in a medically induced coma. Officials say a new or newly recognised form of lung disease is to blame. Most of the patients were young and previously healthy. Scientists at India's space research organisation have lost contact with a lunar lander just as it was about to touch down on the moon. The head of the space agency, K. Sivan, said the descent had been going as planned and data was still being analysed. Normal performance was observed up to an altitude of 2.1 kilometres. Subsequently, the communications to ground station was lost. The BBC and partner organisations have announced a new collaboration to combat disinformation. Major news and tech companies will work together to protect their consumers from false news, especially about what they called moments of jeopardy, like elections. The BBC's Angus Crawford reports. The big technology firms have been accused of failing to do enough to prevent the spread of false news. So earlier this year, behind closed doors, the BBC hosted a meeting involving Facebook, Google, Twitter and some of the biggest names in print journalism. Today the corporation revealed plans to collaborate on a series of initiatives. The creation of an early warning system during election campaigns or when disinformation threatens lives. More media education online and better access to impartial resources for potential voters. 
Relief workers on Great Abaco in the Bahamas are searching the rubble of destroyed buildings for the bodies of those killed by Hurricane Dorian. Hundreds remain missing and a woman in the settlement of Marsh Harbour said the smell of decomposing bodies was everywhere. The nearest hospital on Grand Bahama Island is mostly flooded and only caring for a handful of people. Those flown to the capital, Nassau, are being treated for head injuries and lacerations. Business news now. The economic adviser to the White House, Larry Kudlow, has suggested it may take years for the United States and China to resolve their trade war. He told reporters the stakes in the dispute were high and if it took a decade to sort it out, so be it. Sport now and in tennis, Rafael Nadal has advanced to his fifth US Open final by battling past Italy's Matteo Berrettini, 7-6-6-4-6-1. 33-year-old Spaniard will play for his fourth US Open crown tomorrow at the Arthur Ashe Stadium against Russian fifth seed Daniel Medvedev. Earlier, Medvedev reached his first Grand Slam final by defeating Bulgarian Grigor Dimitrov, 7-6-6-4-6-3. Football, and with a look ahead to this weekend's action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. England continue their qualification campaign for next year's European Championships against Bulgaria. After two games, they have a 100% record. They've scored 10 goals, half of those in a very impressive 5-1 victory over Czech Republic. James Madison, Mason Mount and Tyrone Mings will be hoping to make their debuts after receiving their first senior international call-ups. Mings' story is attracting a lot of attention. The Aston Villa defender considered quitting football in his late teens and was a mortgage advisor before finally getting his first pro contract six years ago for Ipswich. Elsewhere, Euro 2016 winners Portugal are looking for their first win of their qualification campaign after draws against Ukraine and Serbia. But it will be tough facing Serbia again, this time away from home. Cristiano Ronaldo will be hoping to inspire the team yet again after their Nations League trophy win earlier this year. And one of the best young talents in the game, João Felix of Atletico Madrid, should also start to win his second cap. Meanwhile, World Cup winners France are at home to Albania. They're top of their group on nine points. That's despite a shock 2-0 defeat to Turkey in the last international break. And that's the news from RTHK. An international station for an international city. This is Radio 3. And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we have two musical themes on offer. First, a selection of hot new hits from the Paris chart specifically, then a new sampling of hot new hits from a surprising number of other places on the planet. As always, Giovanetti says it so well in Italian, we're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first musical theme, hot new tracks from the Paris chart specifically. And for the rest of this first hour, we start off with Vita et Slimane, a duet, a duo who actually met, I'm just guessing here, in Belgium on the TV reality show The Voice Belgique. Vita A, with a double A, stage name for Charlotte Gonin. She's from the northeast of France in Mulhouse. Uh, that's close to the Rhine. She's been recording since 2002 and has been one of the four coaches on the TV show in Belgium, The Voice Belgique, uh, for the last two years. There, she met Slimane, stage name for Slimane Nepshi, 
born in the Paris region, recording just recently since the last 10 years, 2009. And uh, they not just came out with this hit, but they also came out with a double album uh, called Versus. The track on the charts is called Sava Savien. It comes, it goes. Basically, life has its ups and downs. Vita et Sliman. Thank you. 